Oh, let's give the glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, let's enjoy Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, is everybody happy? Amen, amen. God bless you. I'm going to let you be seated just a moment. And uh, we'll go to the word of the Lord here in a minute in 2 Corinthians. But uh, I want to say it's an honor to be here. It really is. I mean that. And I want to say to Bishop Godair and this local church, in fact, if you're here from the local church, all of us that aren't, let's give them a hand. Really exceptional hospitality and generosity. And, um, and it's just an honor to be here. And, you know, Bishop, I want you to know you and this church are, are a great example of being progressive without compromise. Hallelujah. This church and this man have proven that you can do great things in the kingdom of God without watering down the message, without backing up unholiness. Praise God. And I'm telling you, we are blessed by the work that you and First Pentecostal have done. And, and um, it, is, it is good to be here with so many friends. And my good, good friend, Brother Joe Booker, who's coming next. I love Joe Booker. He might like me back, but anyway, I love him. But, uh, and Brother Erskine, when they told me he was leading this service, I thought, oh, man. I, I wanted to have a move of God, but now I've got to work through. No, I'm just messing with you. We love Brother Erskine. Oh, now, Brother Erskine, you've got a lot of friends, but your friends want you to know that every once in a while, it's okay to speak up and, and share your mind with everybody. You don't have to wiggle in indecision, okay? <laughs> it is really good to be here, and I think it a little bit comical that last night you've got Brother Urshan preaching, you know, tall, well-spoken, intellectual, and then the next morning, let's start with Nathan Morton. Somebody's got a sense of humor is what somebody's got. <laughs> but, you know, I am looking forward to all of the preaching that's coming and it is an honor to be here and be invited to this meeting. And, uh, and I want to say also, I've got family here, the Newtons. I don't know if they're who to, here today, but my wife's cousins, and thank God for good family. And uh, let's stand together. Praise the Lord. I, I will not take too long, but I'm going to take long enough because I've got I've got something on my heart today that I feel like is really going to help us. Maybe a little different than what we have come to, how we've come to measure conference preaching, but uh, I, I really feel on my heart today that this is needed for us uh, and will be, I believe, very helpful, not because I'm preaching, but I do believe it's a word that God will do to give us some breakthroughs. God will deliver to give us breakthroughs. And um, I want to read out of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And if you really enjoy the preaching today, I, I, I've started something new. Don't, don't, don't say amen. Well, you can say amen, but also throw donuts. And that really keeps me going. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we're going to read out of 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and also Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 and 2 Corinthians 
10. Let's start. In verse 3 of 2 Corinthians 10, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. In Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, I want to start with verse 10. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We do wrestle. But our battles are not with people and personalities. That might be the most evident manifested thing right in front of us. But behind a lot of that is, uh, he says, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. Praise God. God bless you. you may be seated. This morning, I've got, I've got something on my heart. I, I, my heart is full today. My heart is full today. I'm thinking about backsliders. Thinking about backslidden children. Thinking about backslidden uh, spouses. I'm thinking about probably almost everyone in this building is touched by someone precious in your life that is, that is away from God. And, and you, you, we can be so stirred up in our spirit. And I want you to know something. Now, you, you stay with me here. Stay with me here. Um, if just a small percentage of these backsliders return, I'm telling you, our churches will be bursting at the seams and overflowing. Hallelujah. And I think when, when, when someone dear to us is backslidden, uh, I want you to know this morning that, that my, my wife and I and our family and our situation, we've got something to share. And I think that it will, I think that it will help us. Not just encourage us, but I think that it will actually help us to better push back against the suffocating, taunting darkness that can close in when we despair of our prodigals returning. When we worry about, and, and, and even in the midst of joy and, and rejoicing and putting on a good face, and, and trying to do the right things and, and, you know, keeping the faith. I think we all can understand if you, if you felt what I'm talking about today, that, that there, there's always somebody mentions a backslider. Somebody mentions somebody away from God and there's certain, that certain twinge in our heart, that heartache that never quite goes away. And the despair of how do we, how do we get them back? How do we fight against these principalities and powers? They, 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 they've given themselves over. They've become bound. And the Bible talks about that they may recover themselves who are taken captive. And they are captive. They are bound. It may be their own fault that they're bound, but still something in us yearns. It's, to me, it's a very vivid picture. When the prodigal's father, that son was still a long way off. 
And the prodigal's father ran to him and fell on his neck and, and kissed him like a dream come through. Now, I want to preach to us today. Stay with me. And this is going to, I believe this is really going to impact some of us who you, you know what I'm talking about. And you're feeling what I have felt, my wife and I. And, and um, we had a backslidden son. And he knows I'm preaching this. He wants me to preach this. But today, I want to preach to us on this thought. Stay with me. Contending for the unsurrendered. Contending for the unsurrendered. This message was born out of one of the darkest, most fearful times in our lives. A little backstory: When my wife and I went to Chico to start that church, there had been a church there, but just by, you know, a preacher gone bad, it had literally gone down to just a few people in a little rented, a little rented building that wasn't as big as the lobby out front. And so we went there and, and we're trying to build this church. And, and I remember one night having church and it was myself and my wife and Drew and Gentry and, and, and two other people. And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, you know, everybody goes to the conferences and they're praying through senators on the plane. Now, I, I must be on the wrong airlines. That's all I know. But we, we started having a breakthrough and it wasn't long. God dealt with me when we got there 22 years ago, said, you need to get out of this building. They've been in that building a few years. You need to get out of this building as quickly as you can just to just to show people, look, something's happening. We're, we're moving on. So we got into another little, uh, little building that would seat about 75, 80 around there. And, and, and so we moved in there and we, we started, we prayed a man through and prayed a couple of families through and teaching Bible studies and, 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 and got some momentum going and things are feeling good. And there's kind of a revival spirit. Yeah, it's small. We're just getting going, but it was feeling good. Well, we're, one night my wife and I had driven around the city and we had prayed, just driven to different parts of Chico and prayed and sought God. And it wasn't that night, but it wasn't long after that. My wife and I were asleep and the boys were in their bedroom and, and, and Elena was in her room and they were all very, very young. Drew was the oldest at probably four or five. And my wife and I were immediately awakened in the middle of the night. I mean, we both just came awake. And now look, you know me. You know that, you know, I like to have a good time and, and I'm, I like keeping things real. But I'm going to talk about some things today and I'm going to believe that you trust me that I'm not just being sensational. I'm just going to believe that you trust me. I'm not just trying to come up with, you know, some dramatic things. All right? So we've covered that. But... My wife and I sat both upright and all of a sudden we realized the kids were crying out, but it wasn't just kids fussing like kids do. There was an oppressive, dark spirit in that room. I, we couldn't see it physically with our eyes, but you could feel a dark oppression. And, and there, was, there was a threat that was delivered to my wife and I. And my wife spoke it. I mean, we could both feel this presence. My wife said, my wife said, Satan is telling me, you want this city, I take your kids. 
You want this city? You will trade your kids for this city. Now, I'm going to tell you something. That will shake you up. But I tell you what, we prayed, we prayed through it, and we just wrote it off as a threat, Satan harassing us. You know, that's what Satan does, and we just, we just wrote it off. Years passed, and, uh, and things happened, things, things went on, and then, then and, and a, a lot of you may know the story or a little bit of it, my son, my middle child, my son, he knows I'm preaching this, and he wants me to preach this. He said, don't ever hold back. Thank God he's back in the fold. Hallelujah. But he said, he want, I want you to preach this. And long story short, he became bound. He became bound by darkness. He struggled. We tried to help. And, but I'm just going to be blunt, all right? It wasn't working. It wasn't working. There came the day that he was gone. He left, literally. We came home. He was gone. And he had moved away, moved out of town. And, and he, had, he had become captive, as I said earlier, by the spirits of darkness that, that had, had bound him. And, and uh, I'm going to tell you something, folks. When, when you're really faced, when you're really faced with that kind of loss, you, you start realizing, I might need a little more depth to my faith. I might need a little more depth to my, to my trust. And some of you are already relating to what I'm talking about. I'm going to tell you something, Brother Erskine. There was an anguish that would never let up every day. And I'm not saying that our situation was different from anyone else's here. That's not my point. But I am saying there, there was gross darkness that, that had him had him bound. And, and some of these elders, I, call, I remember calling Elder Booker, the bishop, one day. I said, I said Brother Booker, listen. I said, my wife and I are at a place. And it was years. My wife and I are at a place. Said, I don't, I don't have a map to where I've got to go. I can't find anybody that's been where I need to go. And, 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 and I'm trying, and I don't mean that no one's had, uh, never had backslidden children but me. I don't mean that. But there were situations we were dealing with. And, and, and I'm going to tell you something. It was a pressing, Darkness. Uh, we would have good church, and we would love God, and we would talk to Him on the phone. And 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 I want to say this here today: If you've got a backslidden child, let me tell you, there's one thing they need to know. They may know you don't disagree, you don't agree with their life and how they're living, but they've got to know you love them. They have got to know that road back home is open, and I'm standing on the porch every day waiting for you to get back. They've got to know there's got to be a break in our own spirit. It's not just about displeasing us. It's about us showing them, I believe uh, that you can overcome this. I believe that you can do this. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. Uh, it, those are some of the darkest times, Brother Spill, I've ever been in. Those are some of the darkest times I've ever faced. Uh, my wife and I, there were times, uh, Brother Buxton, I promise you, I hope nobody thinks I'm faithless. I'm not. But there were times we would literally sit. We'd get off the phone with him or maybe uh, pay a visit. And we would sit and we would just stare. I, there, Folks, I didn't have words. And I hope you won't judge me. I couldn't pray. 
Because to pray was to stir up the anguish. To pray was to have to face the darkness. Uh, to pray was to have... I couldn't pray, Bishop. I couldn't pray. Not because I didn't believe God could move. Not because I didn't want to pray. And not because I was carnal. I was just numb. My wife was numb. We didn't know what to do. We don't know, but I'm going to tell you. Hear me, hear me, hear me what I'm saying. I'm telling you, from our greatest fears came our greatest prayers. Some of the best prayers we've ever prayed in our lives were in some of the darkest moments we've ever faced. I'm going to tell you something. We're going to dig down deep and we're going to find some things we did not know were there. We will discover a part of our soul we didn't know existed. We will discover a faith that is so much deeper than just positive mental attitude. Come on, let's pray right now. I feel the Holy Ghost starting to speak. Oh, Jesus. Come on. It's pushback time right now. It's pushback time right now. I feel somebody welling up in prayer. I feel a new spirit coming over somebody. This will not crush me. This will not defeat me. This darkness will not suffocate me. Come on, somebody. Dig down deep. Let their mind, let their face come in front of your mind right now. Oh, God. Oh, God. I can't tell you the haunting. When those days came, that day came and he was gone. And those words to my wife and I came rushing back in. I told you, you want this city, I take your kids. I told you. And we relived that night. We relived that moment. What if we would have left? Would we still have our son? I'm going to tell you, doubts can assail. Doubts can assail. It, we, we, if I'd have changed this, if we'd have done that, I don't mean compromising truth, but 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 and and and, and we just found ourselves knotted up uh, and worried. But what we don't understand and realize a lot of times, folks, uh, we're not just dealing with a person. We're not just dealing with. We are dealing with. We are dealing with spirits. Uh, we are dealing with principalities. There's a war going on beyond beyond our personal situation that is so vast uh, and so deep. Uh, and just daily, 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 it would press in and press in and press in. And, and, and again, I, I, I'm not going into all the details, but I'm going to tell you something, folks. There, I, I just didn't know what, what. What do you do? What do you do? But there was always that little glimmer, that little tiniest spark that could not be extinguished. Let, let, let me show you a little bit about what I'm talking about. The demoniac of the Gadarenes. 
The demoniac of the Gadarenes is kind of a picture of what we're talking about. Let me, let, let me read this here out of Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Jesus makes his way to the country of Gadara. Verse 1, they came over to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. When he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains. And the chains had been plunked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Tell you something, nobody plans to wreck their life. Nobody writes it down on their to-do list. Hey, today I think I will tear my life into pieces. But little by little, the darkness sets in. Little by little, the temptations keep coming. And, and they're not resisted. And then pretty soon, this man did not mean uh, to be turned into this. This man did not mean to become this, but it happened. He put himself in the way of it, uh, and it took over him. Uh, and we are seeing uh, a picture here of the results uh, of spiritual warfare going badly gone badly in someone's life uh, and yet here he is uh, and when Jesus confronted the devils uh, he said tell me your name and the devils replied we are legion for we are many at least not less than a Roman legion from the time that we're talking about 3,000 men 3,000 to 6,000. That was a Roman legion. It was a military term, military unit. And so the devil said, let me make this easy for you. There's at least 3,000 of us in here. There's at least 3,000 of us in here. Thousands of devils. I want to say this right here. I am pleading with someone. This is not condescension. This is not self Righteousness, Please listen to what I'm saying. Uh, if you are messing with spirits that are taking hold of you, get help, get help, get help. It won't get easier. If it's on your phone, if it's on your iPad, if it, I don't care what it is. Uh, get help! I don't, I'm not trying to rebuke anyone. I'm not trying to be condescending. I'm begging you, get help. Go to your pastor. Go to, get help, get help, get help. Don't keep saying, oh, well, this time I made it. Don't, don't, don't do that. Get help, get help, get help. You have no idea the chain that is being wrapped around. You have no idea the darkness that is creeping in. Come on, let's pray right now. I feel conviction in this house. God's talking to somebody. Please, please get help. Please get help. Please. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Please, please, please. 
get help. Please get help. A man turned into a beast. A man turned into more animal than human. The whole country is fearful of him. Living in the graveyard. Howling like, like, like a wild animal. He didn't mean for this to happen. He did not mean to become this. He did, this wasn't his life plan, his career path. He did, this was unintentional. I'm telling you, sin always takes us where we didn't mean to go and exacts more out of us than we meant to give up. It's always that way. Hear me? This man is possessed now by thousands of devils. Thousands, at least 3,000, if not more. But I want to point something out. Jesus steps out of the boat and starts walking. Now you got to get this picture. Chains could not hold this man. Rip him off. His body is mutilated and scarred. Some of them, some of them grown over in scar tissue, some of them fresh. They hear him at night howling like a beast. 3,000 devils driving this man crazed and out of his mind. Not just mentally incapacitated, but his soul was warped. And this man, this man was a total, total mess because of spiritual warfare gone badly. But hear me, hear me. Jesus stepped out of that boat and here's a wild man that no man could tame. Now how did this happen? The Bible says that when Jesus stepped out of that boat, you can read in verse 6 uh, here's what happened but when he saw Jesus afar off he ran he ran he ran and worshipped him how did that happen 3,000 devils at least tearing at his soul, clawing at him, clutching, trying to wrestle him. To, how did that happen, Bishop? How did he break through 3,000 devils uh, and fall at the feet uh, of Jesus and begin to worship? How did that happen? This is what I'm talking about this morning. There was a part of him somewhere that was unsurrendered. There was a part of him, Brother Spell, I don't care how small it was, it wasn't given over. With the last little bit of sanity that he had, with the last little bit of unsurrendered soul that he had, God had wrapped his hand around that and said, that is mine, and I'm not letting go of it. And it was all God needed. It was all God needed to finally break through and get through to him. It was all God needed. That last little piece that had been given over. That last little piece that Satan didn't have a hold of. God said, all right. I've got it now. Let's all stand together.
one day, I was praying at the church. I'm closing. I was praying at the church. My son was as lost as he could be. This was a long time before he came back. But I'm walking back and forth and I'm praying. And I'm praying for him as I always did. I was praying, I was praying. Going back and forth, oh God, oh God, save him. Oh God, reach him. Listen, there's a lot I've got to wrap up in just a few words. But all of a sudden, the Spirit of God swept in that building. I can feel it now. And the Holy Ghost, forgive me, i got to use this word. The Holy Ghost began to holler at me and say, pray now, pray, pray, pray hard, push, push. I said, why God, this is where this message came from. It's not really a message, folks. It's a practice. It's something God changed in me and my wife. I said, why? What's wrong, God? What's going on? What's happened? What's, is something? The Holy Ghost said, no. The Holy Ghost said, no, no, no. But the Holy Ghost said, there's an unsurrendered part of his heart. And I visit him there. And right now I'm visiting him. It's the middle of the day. I don't know what's going on. But said, there's a part of him that is not totally given over. There's a part of him that is unsurrendered to the enemy. And it is mine. And I visit him there. And it's all I need in that place. It's all I need to bring him back. I was there, Brother Godair, when he walked through the door. My wife, for years and years, had put a sign on one of the seats in the church that said, reserved by faith. She stuck that sign on that seat. She would go and pray at that chair. She would put her hand on that chair and pray. We'd pray over it. And I was there. When the door walked open, and he came walking in, and walked over to that chair and looked. And my wife moved the sign. And he sat and he put his hands up in the air. Oh, listen to me. Listen to me. There's an unsurrendered part in their heart. There's an, and that's what you've got to wrap your faith around. And wrap your hand around. And say, I will not quit praying. I will not quit believing. I will not quit pushing. I will not quit striving. Listen. Oh, contend. Content. What are you doing? Why are you praying like you're praying? I'm contending for the unsurrendered. I'm contending for that part of them that isn't totally given over. That isn't. I'm contending. Oh, come on, somebody, right now, push it, push it in the spirit, push it in the Holy Ghost. Contend, contend. Come on, mom. Come on, dad. Don't ever pray that way again. You take this to the enemy and say, I don't care how it looks. I don't care how it feels. I don't care how it appears. I I am contending for the unsurrendered. I am contending for the unsurrendered. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost moving in here right now. Call their name. 
Come on. Come on, call their name. I'm through preaching, but I don't feel like we should stop praying just yet. Contend for the unsurrendered. Go to that prayer place and say, okay, God, somewhere in their heart, there's a place that's unsurrendered to the enemy. There's a place that Satan does not own. And you will visit them there. You will deal with them there. Oh, God, I am contending for the unsurrendered. Come on, church. I feel a spirit of intercessory prayer in here right now. Come on. Come on, somebody push. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Spirit. I'm contending right now. If this message has touched your heart, I want you to put your hand in the air right now. Say, God, this hand is in the air right now. Because I'm contending for the unsurrendered. I'm contending for the unsurrendered. Come on, believe again. Stop listening to that lying spirit that says they're too far gone. No! I'm contending for the unsurrendered. I'm contending for the unsurrendered. I will not listen to that darkness. I will not listen to that lie. Come on, somebody push it through in the spirit right now. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I'm contending. I'm contending. I'm contending. I'm contending for the unsurrendered. God, you will visit them there. God, that is your place. Come on, push back. Push back. That darkness has been pressing in on us so suffocatingly. Push back. Push back. Push back. You're not going to tell me there's no hope. You're not going to tell me there's not a part of them that doesn't still hear from God and still wake up. You're not going to tell. You're not going to convince me of that. Come on. Come on. I feel like there's a window of opportunity opened up right now. Heaven needs to hear us. Heaven needs to hear us. Come on, let's pray just a minute.
Come on, don't stop. The spirit of intercession, I'm telling you, somebody's making a headway right now. Hell is very disturbed about something that's coming over some of you right now. Come on. According to Bishop Godair, he wants us to call to prayer right now. I'm not ending the service. I'm not ending the day services. But let's pray. Let's pray. I'm telling you, there's something that can move in the Holy Ghost. There's something that can move in the Spirit. Come on. It's prayer time. If you want to step to the front, fine. If you're fine praying where you're at, whatever. But I'm going to taste. In my mind, I can see it. Oh, that part of them that's unsurrendered. And God has His hand wrapped around it. God says, that part is my part. It's unsurrendered to the enemy. It's unsurrendered to that sin. As bad as it looks, it's not all over.
protection for